Welcome to this week's edition of Coach Prep. Coach Don and I are here in the Cherokee Batting Range Podcast Studio getting ready to record episode number 111. We're going to talk about the end of the season and the debriefing and the meeting you should be having with your team. Before we get into that, let's talk about the Anderson Bat Company. Everything Fast Pitch is very proud to have Anderson Bat Company as our presenting sponsor. Anderson Bat Company is using the latest and greatest bat technology to corner the market in the fast pitch world. They have the minus 9 rocket tech, the minus 10 carbon, and the minus 11 carbon light. Anderson Bat Company is using this technology to put a high-performing bat in the hands of hitters that really know the difference between a good bat and a great bat. We're also working with Anderson to provide a discount for all of our listeners. Go to the Anderson Bat Company website and order your bats. Use the EFP20 discount, which is for everything fast pitch, and you'll get a 20% discount. It's a great way for you to save a little bit of money on a great bat and also help support everything fast pitch at the same time. And please make sure you take advantage of that EFP20 discount. It's a great way for you to save some money and to help uh, everything fast pitch and coach prep at the same time. Also go to patreon.com slash everything fast pitch. If you're in a position where you can help support us by becoming a patron, if you see value in what we're doing, we would love for you to come on board. Uh, there's three different options. They're all explained to you at patreon.com slash everything fast pitch. Coach Don and I really do appreciate our patrons. They are keeping us moving and keeping us uh, growing. And if you are in a position to become one, we would appreciate that as well. So Don, it's the end of the season. We were just wrapped up, when, depending upon where you live and, and what kind of uh, environment you're coaching in. I guess uh, there's different times that we would consider to be the end of the season, but uh, I think when we get there, we should have a list of things that we want to get accomplished. Yeah, no, that's uh, actually kind of a refreshing time because everybody gets to take a breath. We get to uh, step back and rest our bodies and our, our minds and take a moment to get our legs back under us, right? We're healing from injuries and things like that but uh we also need to stay focused on what's down the road right well to me the uh exit meeting at the end of the season you know obviously as a college coach was always a challenging thing and challenging for different reasons one um you know saying goodbye to those seniors that uh, had been part of the program for four or five years that you really had gotten to know and and appreciated you know uh, knowing that they were moving on it was always kind of a bittersweet thing Sure. Or appreciated everything that they had done and, and excited for what the future would, would hold for them. Uh, you know, every once in a while we'd get lucky enough that one of those people would be coming back to be like a graduate help. assistant yeah. and help with the team. But uh, for the you know, vast majority of them, they're out the door and on with their real lives and, and getting ready to do other things. But where the uh, rubber really meets the road is with the discussions that you have with all the players that can be uh, returning. You want to make sure that you send them into the offseason with the the right message and the right information Good so mindset. they yeah so that they can uh, come back uh, as improved versions of themselves so we would always try to do a quick little discussion you know uh, about you know how you felt the year went how Recap. things went for you things that you were happy with things that you were disappointed with we always tried to make it a no holds barred environment where kids could really speak their minds some kids i think did that some did not but we wanted to give them a chance to kind of you know, go through their own impressions and self-assessment. Yeah. Yeah. And then we would always talk about you know, what our opinion as coaches was and what we saw, what we thought of were strengths, what we thought of were weaknesses, and then tried to use that information to frame a plan of attack to come back next year a little bit better player, a little bit more uh, prepared to compete. You know, Sometimes it was... You know, a very easy discussion. If it's a 
you know, a sophomore or a junior who played a lot and they're coming back uh, the next year, um, you would always have a list of things that they could improve upon. You know, maybe you need to get a little bit stronger, get a little bit faster, you know, work on some consistency in a pitch, you know, work on spin, you know, adding another pitch maybe for a pitcher. But for the kids that had played a lot, it was always a pretty easy discussion because they were excited about what had happened and really looking forward to the future. Now, where it gets really complicated is for the kids that don't play quite so much. And, and again, right. the college setting is going to be different. If you're a travel ball coach, you still have some kids that didn't play as much as others, but probably not the same kind of distance that you might have with a college program or a high school program. No, I think that's exactly right. And we're trying to uh, make sure that they're going to be the best versions of themselves. That's yeah. how you term it a lot, and I like that. Uh, to do that, you've got to really get down and, and be tough on assessing yeah. what, it, what it was that we need to do better at, whether it's backhands, whether it's hitting outside pitches, whether it's, like you said, uh, you know, hitting your spots with your curveball. Yeah. You know, all those pieces are going to be important. And then, uh, and then even just a general plan, if everything was perfect, I mean, you know, it's never exactly like that, but even if it was perfect to come back better, faster, stronger, right? Right. When I think the hardest thing for me was always looking at a player with a critical eye to really be able to have a list of things that I thought and felt that they really could improve and really needed to improve upon, but then try to deliver it with a positive spin. Sure. And I think, unfortunately, where I would get into trouble is I would see things critically and then I would deliver the message too critically. <laughs> and, you know, it started to come across like, well, Don, you know, you're, you, you stink at this and you're terrible at that and you're awful at this other thing. And and you if, gotta, you don't, if you don't do this, then... Yeah, it, it, it ended up not having the same message that I really wanted to deliver. And so I think the advice I would give all our coaches is that when we're assessing where a player's strengths and weaknesses are, to really look at it critically, but then in your mind, before you get, a, you know, get into the discussion with the player, kind of rehearse a, a way of saying it. Rehearse a th a, the, the message that you want to deliver so that you're delivering it with a positive feel. Can you sugarcoat it? Well, I don't think you necessarily have to sugarcoat it as much as just be honest. Be but, aware of but, how we're... But, yeah, yeah. It, try to let them walk out of there thinking, well, instead of thinking that you're terrible at something, thinking that there's room for improvement, that there's something that, you know, you know, if you could improve this, you could take your game to a whole nother level. And, you know, of course, in, in different settings, when kids aren't playing as much as they want to, it's very personal to them and it's very personal to their sure. family. You know, you have to always kind of keep that in mind that uh, they're going to react usually emotionally to almost anything you say. And so if it feels negative, if it feels or overwhelming, overly or, critical, yeah. it's, it is going to overwhelm some kids. It's going to feel like an attack. That's a personal attack. So the idea is to critically analyze what they're doing as a player. And then as personally and, Make it encouraging. Uh, encouragingly, yep. that's a good yep. word, as, as encouragingly as you can, deliver the message on what they need to work on. And I think you have to always have a list of things that will help that happen. If I say, Don, I think you need to improve your lateral quickness. I can't just say that and then leave it up to you. I have to say, Don, I think you need to improve your lateral quickness. And here's a list of the 15 drills that you could be working on over the summer. If you, you know, do these if things. If you do these things. Yep. You, know, you can break it out and do these first five for the first two weeks, do the second five for the you know, middle two weeks, do the last five for the last two weeks before you come back. You might, and, be, you might be on top of the world. Right, yep. And, yep. and that's going to definitely make a difference. If it's you need to increase your bat speed, okay, well, here's you know, 15 drills that you can work on. 
you know, here's the tools. If, if it's a college setting or a you know, travel ball setting, here's the equipment that you need to do it. Here's the drills that you can do and, and, and how you need to do it. Here's the progression that you need to work through. You know, we have to invest some time and energy in it to make sure that we're arming them with what they need to accomplish what it is that we want them to accomplish. And five to ten miles an hour, you're going to be amazing. Right. Yeah. And if, because again, if I just say, Don, improve your bat speed, you're going to walk out of there going, well, okay, but what do I do? He's, he's not happy with my bat speed. Right. And instead of leaving you just, well, he's not happy, leave you with a list of, oh, hey, I can work on this stuff. I can do this. This would really make a difference. And again, whatever it is, so that we're pre- prepared in that meeting, prepared with our discussion to give them some guidance, real guidance on what we would want to do, almost like we're still coaching them, even though it's the quote-unquote off-season. Now, I also would always tell kids, especially in the college setting, because the college season is such a grind, um, I think for a lot of kids, the travel ball season is a similar grind. It's okay to take a week or 10 days or two weeks and not even look at your glove or not Heal even look at and, a bat and yeah. rest up and kind of sleep late or whatever it is that you need to do refresh um, the to, batteries to, to yep. recharge and come back ready to go but we always want to talk about that there's a difference between taking a break and <laughs> slacking and slacking off yeah um you know that there's a difference between resting up a little bit so you recharge your batteries and getting kind of lazy and, and used to not doing anything and so unplugging right yeah. trying to trying to talk about those kinds of things too and then i would always try to talk about what i think the future would hold if they could adjust and, and adapt and make some of these improvements. So if somebody was the 14th or 15th player on the roster, and let's say we had five seniors that were leaving, don't bank on the fact that that means you're going to be in the starting lineup next year, or really close to the starting lineup, because you need to improve these things to give yourself a better opportunity. You know, obviously in the college setting, you always have kids that are leaving because they're seniors, but you always have new kids coming in because they're freshmen. And so the, the level of competition is always going to change. And so I tried really hard to never promise that if you do this, you will get this return in playing time. Sure. But I wanted to always uh, phrase it and, and frame it in, the, in a way to say, if, well, if you do this, you're going to really improve your game. It's going to give you a better chance to compete for a starting spot. It's going to give you a better chance to compete to have a bigger role or to move up in the batting order or whatever it might be for that player, depending upon what their current situation was. No, I think... You know, as you're saying all those uh, descriptive words, I think that that's creating a very encouraging environment and going to let them walk out of the meeting feeling like, hey, things are good and, and we're going to make them better. Yeah. Or, and even if they're not great, that they can get better. You know, I think yeah. optimism in, in these meetings is important. Now, of course, you're still going to always have some players that are just going to look at it and say, ah, I'm it not is, coming back. It is what it is. Yeah, I'm yeah. not coming back. And this is the last part of this spectrum of the discussions that you get to have. Every once in a while, you have to be able to be honest with the player and say, you know what, it really doesn't matter how hard you work, you're never going to be a starter on this team. And that, that's a tough message for sure. But uh, again, especially if we're talking about travel ball kids, they need to be playing. Right. If they're not playing within our group, they're not going to be excelling their skills right. to a point that, you know, that they're going to enjoy the game much anymore. Right. So. so it sort of sounds like for our regular listeners, like I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth when I say that, you know, some kids should leave programs because we, <laughs> we, we rant and rave about the transfer portal all the right, time. Right. And, you know, my, my position has always been, there's always times and places when a player leaving the program is the right thing. A Things player leaving the team up. is the right thing. They just don't match up. Sometimes it's their idea. Sometimes it's my idea. Sometimes it's just the circumstances that make it the right idea. But I think that, the worst thing a coach can do 
is to kind of gloss over the reality of it and say, well, if you just keep working hard, it'll all work out. You know, if you keep doing what you're doing, you're going to get what you want. And you know, the reason I think that's so harmful is if what a player did this year had them as the 16th, 17th, 18th, 19th best player on your team, and they just keep doing the same things, what's to make us think, what's the reasonable logic that says that they're going to somehow improve their, their standing next year? Well, five kids are graduating, yeah, but five new kids are coming in, and they're going to be pretty good too. So, so I think you have to be prepared when you go into this end-of-the-year uh, session, this end-of-the-year meeting, the exit meeting, and say, okay, here's the kids that are in each group. Here's the message I need to deliver to all these kids. Here's the way I'm going to deliver it. I'm going to look at all of them critically, but I'm going to deliver the message optimistically. But I'm going to be honest about sure. wh- where players really are in the in the spectrum, where they are in the food chain, so that people can make honest decisions based on what's best for them and for the future of their career. If you're the 19th best player on a college team, you are not going to play. You know, if right. you're if you're the you know, 13th best player on a travel ball team, you're going to play in all the pool games, but you're not going to be playing in the championship games. If we know that's the position that we see a player in, if that's what we anticipate their role being, we have to be honest with them. Now, you know, I also would have that discussion with kids you know, probably three or four times in my career where we sat down and said, you know, well, right now you're the fourth number four shortstop. And I, I can't honestly tell you that there's, you know, that there's a pathway for you to get ahead of any of these other kids. And you're probably the 17th best player on the team. So it's not like you're going to be the fourth best shortstop, but be the right fielder or be the left fielder. And had those kids say, but coach, I love it here. I'm just going to stay here. I'm getting a great education. I want to stay here. I love the team. I'm going to stay with it. And then I would always have to have the response that, well, that's great. You're welcome to stay. But the reason I'm being honest with you now is I don't expect us to ever have a problem if you're not playing. Right. You know, I, I, I'm being honest with you because if playing is important to you, then we need to find you a new school so that you can get what you're looking for. If being part of this team is more important to you than playing, that's great. And I always have respect for that because I was the kid coming up. I wanted to win more than I cared whether I played or not. Sure. And, and I would be happy to be the 15th best guy on a team that was winning all the time. Now, when I was the 10th best guy on a team that wasn't winning very much, then not being in the lineup was a lot more frustrating to me. Absolutely. But when, when we were successful, I was happy being part of a successful team. And so I think I have a different perspective on that. It was, I never felt like I had to play all the time for me to feel like I was a contributing part of the team. But I think from a coaching perspective, we need to be prepared to have all these discussions and have these kids you know, as aware as possible so that they can know what their expectations are, what we expect of them, what they need to improve upon for the future. Tori, do uh, mom and dad have a, a role in our um, postseason meeting for travel ball kids? Well, I think it depends on the age of the kids. Right. I think the older the kids, the more you should be talking with them, and especially for those kids that have aspirations of playing in college because you're preparing them for what they're going to have when they become a college player. Because mom and dad are part of the support staff. Yeah. And now, the, the younger the yeah. players, you know, obviously I think then all these discussions include mom and dad. Yeah. But I think as you get up into the you know, 18 and under Teenager. age group that yeah. these kids are you know, close enough to adult that we should be able to have an adult discussion with them. I think that's going to be up to each coach to decide what their comfort level is and how what their relationship is with right. the players too. So. Right. 
So the end of the season, the debrief, the how you handle it has a lot to say about what you're doing as a coach, what kind of job you did. Be prepared. And what kind of job you're going to do heading into the future. And as Don said, being prepared so that when you have these meetings, they are productive, useful uh, building blocks for the future and not just uh, complaining sessions. Absolutely. That's awesome. So that's going to wrap up number 111. Please check out our sponsors, Anderson Bat, Patreon.com. Make sure you go to the FastPitchPrep.com website to order your Square Cuts training discs. Check out the blogs. Check out the YouTube channel. And make sure that you contact us at EverythingFastPitch at gmail.com or FastPitchPrep at gmail.com with suggestions, ideas, and Player of the Week nominations. So for Coach Don McKinley, our producer Stan Lewis, this is Coach Tory saying thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you again next week. (laughs) 